everybody, how you doing? Um, welcome to Wednesday Night Bible Study. We're in the process of studying John chapter 13, and we're picking up in verse 12 this week, 12 to um, 17. So if you want to read along with me, I'm going to read through the scripture first, and then we're going to go back in and look at all the different pieces. Uh, let's just open in prayer. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for today. Lord, just ask that you would speak through me, um, speak to each of our hearts, Lord Jesus. And you would, your truth would continue to illuminate in our lives, Lord Jesus. Thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, so verse 12 through 17. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, Do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. And since I, your teacher, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. So going back up to verse 12. Picking up here. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again. So remember last week, <clears throat> we're talking about um, Jesus washing the disciples' feet. Peter not wanting him to wash his feet. And Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, you don't have any part of me. So he said, okay, I've washed my head and my hands as well and all that. And Jesus said, you're, you're clean. You only need me to wash your feet. That's it. And knowing that who would betray him, that he said, all of you are not, everybody's clean except not all of you. You know, so there we're picking up. After he's washed their feet, after washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? Now, Jesus wouldn't ask if they understand what they, what he was doing if he's not looking to teach them something. Okay? So, obviously, we see that Jesus is looking to teach his disciples something. That's why he's gone ahead and washed their feet. So Because he's going to teach them something by an example of something. And I'll be, I've, I've done this. I've tried this in my own household with my own children. I want my children to have a daily Bible reading. Um, in the morning. So what I had to do for them to pick up on this was I had to sit down every morning, early, every morning, and read my Bible. So that when they came downstairs, they saw me reading my Bible, doing my devotions at my desk every morning. I've, so I've done this for a long time, and my express purpose was obviously for me to spend my own time in the Lord, but also to model something to my kids. And wouldn't you know it, um, my kids now get up on their own every morning, come downstairs, and they go straight to their Bibles. They start their day by reading their Bibles. And I'm talking my 9-year-old, my 11-year-old, my 12-year-old do it. My 7-year-old is starting to do it himself as well because now i've given them the example now they're being the example for their younger siblings and they still see me reading the bible as well but i wanted to teach them something so i gave them an example to follow that's what i did and this is what jesus is doing he's giving his disciples an example to follow <clears throat> um so verse 13 you call me teacher and lord and you are right because that's what I am. They should call him teacher and Lord. Because he is the teacher and he is their Lord. Right? He is the Lord. Because that's what I am, he says. I thought this was interesting. I've cross-referenced a bit. Uh, Matthew chapter 23, verses 8 and verse 10 say this. Don't let anyone call you rabbi, for you have only one teacher. And all of you are equal as brothers and sisters. And don't let anyone call you teacher, for you have only one teacher, the Messiah. So in that instance, Jesus is stating that he is the teacher and Messiah. 
teacher and Lord, teacher and Messiah. And he also states that the disciples are equals as brothers and sisters. Where And then the, what I think is interesting here is he doesn't include himself in that. We He doesn't say... We are all equal as brothers and sisters. You are equal as brothers and sisters. He's maintaining the fact that he is teacher and Lord. He is the Messiah. He is above them, but he's not above lowering himself to teach them. You know, but he is above them. He is to be. He is to be glorified. <clears throat> so, I thought that was an interesting thing there as well. And he says, "You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right because that's what I am." And as soon as he as he acknowledges that, he's he is stating to them, I am God. That's what I am. Verse 14, And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. Luke twenty-two twenty-seven says this, Who is more important? The one who sits at the table or the one who serves? The one who sits at the table, of course, but not here. For I am among you as one who serves. That's Jesus. Luke 12, 37 says this, The servants who are ready and waiting for his return will be rewarded, waiting for the master's return. I tell you the truth, he himself will seat them, put on an apron, and serve them as they sit and eat. It's Jesus again teaching about being a servant to all. <clears throat> Romans twelve ten, Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. To honor, to love someone with genuine affection and to honor someone is to put them first. Again, same concept as what Jesus is teaching here by washing the disciples' feet. Same concept he's talking about there in those two chapters in Luke. Um, now this is Paul talking. Philippians 2.7, also Paul says, Instead, he gave up his divine privileges, talking about Jesus Christ. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he, when he appeared in human form. So, again, Paul stating the fact that, and even going a little bit deeper, saying he gave up his divine privilege. He gave up the privilege of being immortal uh, and fully God, never having to experience pain, never having to experience any of this crappy stuff that we experience, right? He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. So now he's subjecting himself. God is subjecting himself to undertake and undergo all the different sufferings that a human being under undertakes and undergoes all the different pains and health issues and he's undertaken that you know so it's it's quite interesting right he's got so as teacher and lord jesus has the right to be served he has the right to be served because he is the king but instead he waives his right so he can teach others a better way he can teach us that to serve others is actually the better way than to be served, right? Jesus is a great leader, the best leader, right? And how did he lead? By example. Jesus didn't say, go do this, go do that, and then he just sat back. He he led by example. Go do this, and he was right there right next to you, you know? Or he was there doing it, and they're like, oh, oh, we should be doing this. Why is the master doing this, you know? So I, don't, I think that's amazingly an amazing example of Jesus Christ, the best leader to ever live, right? You might say, well, Alexander the Great was a great leader, or uh, Caesar was a great leader, or, you know, lots of different, you know, different kings and queens in, in England, or different presidents in the United States, or different monarchs in other countries, great leaders. You know, Napoleon was a great leader, right? But never, not one of them led like Jesus Christ. 
Jesus Christ led by example. And he led people peacefully. He wasn't there to fight. A lot of our great leaders are good fighters, good warriors in some cases. You know, they're good uh, debaters and speakers. But Jesus, he just led by example and lived in at peace with people. <clears throat> so, and I think with well, Jesus' example is great because basically, to be a, if you're a leader and you expect people to do something, you want people to do something, but you are not subject to that yourself, it's, it's crazy. You know, how, how does that work? That's not a good leader. That's not a good leader. I don't really know the word for it, um, what that would be, but it, that's not a good leader. So Jesus continues on, verse 15. I have given you an example to follow. So he's telling them straight up, this is why I've done this. I've given you this example for you to follow this example, right? Do as I have done to you. 1 Peter chapter 2, 21-24 says this, For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example, and you must follow in his steps. He never sinned, nor ever deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. That is the example that Jesus Christ has left for us to follow, to do as he has done. And you look at it, Jesus' point was not to show them how to be nice to other people. That's not the point. He wanted to show them the heart of a true servant. What What's behind the serving is what he wanted to show them, right? And since being a willing servant to others is so foreign in this world you know to be a willing servant and to willingly go serve other serve others that's foreign man that's like what in this world it goes a long way when we actually do it it goes a long way for the gospel you know when we go and willingly serve others it goes a long way and people are blown away most times why are you doing this to me why are you being kind to me why don't you hate me you know you get all these kinds of questions all from being a servant and what that does is opens up doors and opportunities for to plant the seed for Christ in their heart. And then, Lord willing, they come to know him. <clears throat> Jesus continues on in verse 16. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. I mean, yeah, exactly. I am not greater than Jesus. I'm a messenger of Christ's gospel, right? Of Jesus' message. I'm not greater than him, you know? Any of us, we're not greater than, than the Lord. Matthew 10, 24, he, said, he says the same thing again. Students are not greater than their teacher, and slaves are not greater than their master. See, the, the thing is this. We think we're too above lowering ourselves to serve others. But Jesus Christ, as, he was taught, as, P as um, Peter says in 1 Peter, Jesus Christ, who actually was above serving others, actually lowers himself and humbles himself to serve others. So who the heck do we think we are? <laughs> if God himself is doesn't think he's too high to serve others, why do we? You know, why do we? Because he just said it there. The slaves are not greater than the master. The messenger is not more important than the one who sends the message. Exactly. We're not that important that we can't go and serve others. To have these airs of self-righteousness. That's not us. So what we need to do is get off our high horses and we need to serve people. We should start with the people in our family. Then we should extend that to the people in our church family. And then so on and so forth. Family, church family, and keep going out like that. 
That's what we need to start is at home. If you can't serve your wife, your children, your husband, your children, your in-laws, your parents at home, then you have no business doing it outside those walls. You know, so that's where we need to start the practice. We need to serve others. We need to help them. We need to um, give them aid. We need to, when they ask for something, we need to go do it. You know, as long, you know, as far as our children are concerned, we want to teach them good manners and stuff like that. So you want to do it when they ask the right way and everything. But, you know, in, in, you still need to serve them. Teach them to be a servant by serving them. That's what Jesus was doing. <clears throat> Verse 17. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Right away, that reminded me of a couple verses. You probably know it. The book of James. I have a friend out there on Saturday. We, were, we mentioned the same verse at the same time. Um, James 1.25. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. James 4.17. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Okay. Okay. I mean, this verse is a pretty self-explanatory. And you don't need me to like really delve deeply into this. If you don't act on what you know to do, then you're wrong. Pretty simple, you know. Um, actually, I looked up the word omission, right? A failure to fulfill a moral or legal obligation. So in a sense, the, when the Bible tells us, when Jesus tells us, this is what you should do, and now I know what I should do, and I don't do it, am I committing the sin of omission, right? Now, we've always thought of the sin of omission as just not telling somebody something. Right, But the sin of omission, the failure to fulfill a moral or legal obligation. In a sense, when I know what the right thing to do is, I now I'm obligated to do it. And when I don't do it, I'm sinning. I'll give an example. If I know the right thing to do is to put others before myself, and what I actually do is what I put, I put myself first, I'm committing a sin. Because I know what Jesus Christ has said is, put others before you serve others and he's given an example of it which we read about here we're reading about right now so you might you know obviously it's the sin we're being selfish we're putting ourselves before others right but it is a sin because we know that the right way to do it is to put others before ourselves to serve others instead of serving ourselves so and when like james says james chapter 4 verse 17 Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. So this is where I'm going to leave you guys today, um, tonight. If you know the right thing to do, which if you read your word or if you go to church on a Sunday or you listen to Bible study on a Wednesday or you listen to the devotionals on a Friday, you have a pretty good idea of what you're supposed to be doing, what you should do, you know, the right way to live. And when you don't live to that standard, then according to James, you're sinning. So we need to do a lot of checking here. Paul tells us, check yourself so that you don't have to be judged, right? We need to do self a self-check on our motives behind things, why we're doing it, why we're not doing it, um, the heart behind it. Because that's what Jesus is trying to teach, the right heart posture behind why you do things. We shouldn't just go serve others because we're afraid of getting in trouble. I'm going to go serve others because I don't want to get in trouble. No, we should serve others because... It's the right thing to do because Jesus Christ did it. And if Jesus Christ did it, since I'm not higher than him and I'm, I'm, I follow him, then I should do it. If Jesus did it, I should do it. Or at least I should attempt to do it. So that's so what I'll leave you with tonight. Have a great night. God bless.